you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Boy, you guys look good. Actually, I can't see you, so I don't know if you look good or not. But they say the church mirrors the image of the pastor. Enough said. I want to first thank you guys for all of your prayers. I know that all of you have been in prayer for this last couple of weeks for my grandbaby. She had surgery this week, uh, open heart surgery, and uh, everything went great. Amen. They had, in essence, told us that after the surgery, she'd be in the hospital about around two weeks afterwards. And uh, just to let you guys know, they are saying she's going to get out of the hospital either today or tomorrow. Praise be to God. That is a miracle of God, if I've ever heard a miracle. In, in fact, uh, one of the things she's been unable to do because she just don't have the energy, she can't drink milk from a bottle, she has a feeding tube, and she doesn't even take a pacifier. And uh, yesterday, uh, Natalie, my daughter-in-law, sent us a picture, and she had a pacifier in her mouth. So praise God. <laughs> praise God. So we serve a great God, and I'm so excited about what God is doing and how God is blessing. I want to do a couple of things too. I'm so excited about what's going to happen at the end of this month. We're doing something called Miracle Sunday. You know, I came in a little late. I preached at the other campus, came in, and Laurie said, I'm going to tell you what, these people are worshiping today. She said, you guys were on fire. Praise God for that. We believe in, in healthy, wonderful, mighty praise in the house. Amen. The last of this month, the last Saturday of this month, we'll have a prayer night. Seven o'clock, we'll come here. We're going to have prayer here in the church. It's just a night of prayer. And then that Sunday morning, we'll have what we call Miracle Sunday. It's going to be unlike any service we've ever had before. It's going to be different than any service we've had before. And this is what I want you to do. One is, is if we're going to have a Miracle Sunday and you're going to be here for that, you need to be here also for the prayer night. Listen, if we want miracles in our life, miracles happen from prayers, from fasting, and from seeking God. So I want you, I want you to pack out this house. I want us to have to move the chairs out of here because we've got so many people here that night for that prayer meeting. That way, as we're praying and interceding, we're going to believe for that miracle Sunday that God's going to do great and mighty things. Listen, if you've got a friend that needs a miracle, bring him that day. If you've got a friend that needs a healing, bring him that day. You've got someone that just needs something from God. I want you to drag their rear end of this church, and you may have to drag them by their hair, but say, I'm getting you to Compassion Church because I am telling you, I'm believing God's going to heal your body, touch your finances, restore your marriage, bring it, break addictions in your life. Listen, that is going to be, listen, I'm it's unlike any service we've ever done. So you need to be here. Because God's going to change some lives. Amen. Hallelujah. We continue our sermon series, Unlocked. We've been talking about how to live a Christian life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about praying through the Spirit. 
Today I want to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit. My dad, growing up, you know, he was a pastor and he would always have a garden in the backyard. My dad would always say to us, if I, if I wasn't called to be a pastor, I'd have been called to be a farmer. My dad was a, a man of integrity and a man of honesty, but he was lying. My dad would have never been a farmer. In fact, half the tomatoes he grew in the backyard, I think, died. But we grew up in a parsonage, and if some of you may not know what that is, I don't seem to see him as much here in the Midwest, but on the East Coast, about every church when I grew up, you had a, a parsonage that the church owned, and that's where the pastor lived. And uh, But as my father had been there many years, he, he finally decided that he wanted to own some of them his own. And so just down the road from our parsonage, he bought an old broken down house and started remodeling it. Beside the house was a field. And I mean, it was a pretty good field. It wasn't a small field. It was a pretty good field. And my dad had thought in his mind, well, I've planted a garden before. Obviously, I could take care of a field. <laughs> Not even close. So my dad goes out one day, and this is pre, you know, Google and how many seeds should you put out. So my dad goes and has a guy come out with a tractor and plows up the field. And my dad goes out in the field and just starts throwing out watermelon seeds. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Not a little here or there, just like. <laughs> and what was funny is, is after those seeds were thrown in there, this man who was going to be a farmer never went back in that field. So who do you think the one is that ended up in that field? I became the farmer. And I want you to know, there was watermelon everywhere. Everywhere there was watermelon. And I had to go out and pluck out those watermelon out of that field until one day, one day, I pulled back one of those watermelon. And there was a black widow spider. Y'all know, y'all know me. There's two things in life I'm afraid of, heights and spiders. The only thing worse in the world is be up high with a spider. That would be hell on earth. I ran out of that field faster than you could imagine. I told my dad, I said, I'm not going back. If you make me go back, I'm calling CPS and child labor law and tell me you're making me work in the fields for free. Not going back. We had so many watermelon, we had to give them half away, have them end up in the field and die, you know, fell apart and destroyed and all that because we just never understood how much seed that we'd planted. I want to read a passage to you. It's out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It said, the fruit of the Spirit, and let me stop right there. The fruit of the Spirit. How many of you normally say fruits of the Spirit? Raise your hand. Oh, raise your hand, you liars. I do it all the time. The problem is the fruits of the Spirit is an unbiblical term. It is not fruits of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. Well, pastor, what does it matter? There's a singular and there is a plural. And I want to help you understand something real quick, and I'll tell you why. The word here is singular. Now, if I have an apple tree and I say it, it bears fruit, what that means is that that apple tree bared a whole bunch of apples. But I refer to it as fruit. If on my table 
I have oranges and apples and cantaloupe and watermelon. I've got different kinds of fruits with an S, plural. We normally say the fruits of the Spirit when that is not what the Bible says. That will imply, if we said fruits, that there's all these different kind of fruits when actually that is not what it means. What it means is just like an apple tree bears fruit, although a whole bunch of apples, it's all the same fruit. In this verse here when it says fruit of the Spirit, let me tell you why Paul, Paul knew exactly what he was saying. What Paul was saying was this. You don't get to pick and choose from the nine. Well, I got me some love going on. But I ain't got no self-discipline. I can be kind. But I'm going to tell you what, I ain't got a lick of patience. You don't get to pick and choose from the fruit. Because the same tree, the Holy Spirit, is producing the same fruit, which is although there's nine, it's still the same fruit, and you should have every bit of those nine in your life. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I like this right here. Against such things there is no law. In other words, you can talk about your talents. You can talk about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You can talk about all that you do for the kingdom of God. But if you're a jerk and don't love people, if you don't show kindness and goodness, if you ain't got no self-control, if you ain't got no patience, what Paul is saying is, I don't want to hear about your talents. I don't want to hear about your manifestations. Listen, I've been in the Pentecostal realm many years of my life, and I don't know how many times I would hear people do great and mighty things at the altar, but they were mean to people. Keep your talents if you ain't got the gifts or the fruits of the Spirit. It doesn't mean anything. That's what Paul's saying. Let's pray. Lord, I pray today that you open every heart and every mind to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this service the same way that they came, but let them be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name we ask, Lord, amen and amen. So to understand the word fruit here, we need to understand what the Greek word means. The Greek word is karpos. Kapos. And what that word literally means is fruit plucked. Fruit plucked. In other words, if I have an apple tree in my backyard, in fact, uh, growing up, uh, when we had moved into another house, we had an apple tree in our backyard. And the apples, many times, because we wouldn't go pluck the apples, they would just fall off the tree onto the ground. In fact, we had an instance one time where we had a, our neighbor was a big animals guy, and we had a raccoon in our backyard. And the raccoon would kind of sit up on his hind legs and do this, and finally he'd go, whoop, and he'd fall over. We, we couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. We thought he was sick, so we called our neighbor over and said, hey, uh, Gary, the, the, this raccoon seems to be sick, and I think maybe dying. And so he goes, and the, in fact, the raccoon would let you come up to him. Or most of the time they would skedaddle, he'd let you come up to him. And what happened was, is we finally found out, because we were not plucking the apples from our tree, they were falling on the ground, and guess what they were doing? They were fermenting. And guess what was happening to the raccoon? He was an alcoholic raccoon. We had to start a CR just for the raccoon in our backyard. The 
The problem was because we were not plucking the fruit, it was laying on the ground and pretty much going to no use. I, I, I did kind of a study. I, I found out this week that a, a, a butternut tree, in essence, doesn't show its fruit except for every three to five years. The beech tree bears its fruit every eight years. The white oak tree bears its fruit every 10 years. But the champion is the bamboo. The bamboo does not bear its fruit except for every 120 years. I ain't got that kind of patience. I ain't planting no bamboo. Can I tell you that's the problem with most of us as believers? We're like the bamboo. We never bear any fruit in our lifetime. As we look at this passage, we should be plucking that fruit. We should be using that car post, plucking it and using it in our lives. In fact, uh, if you look in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, that's the verses right before, this is what it talks about. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we're going to talk about two things. First is, there's what we call the works. It says acts here, but the word acts actually means works. The works of the flesh, and we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the two different things. Listen to the word, work, fruit. Work, fruit. Let me say this to you. The works of the flesh are something you gotta work at. In fact, some of you are very good workers. In fact, some of you are so good at working at the flesh, y'all should own your own business because you're so good at working at the flesh. But listen to what it says. But when it comes to the Spirit, it's not work of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. Over here, the work is what I do. Over here is what the Holy Spirit does. See how easy it is? You can make a decision. Keep working at doing what is not of God and what God doesn't want to do in your life or stop working and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to manifest, to begin to produce, to begin to give you fruit in your life that will do great and mighty things for your life. But some of you are so hard at working at the flesh. Now, you don't take credit for it. The devil made me do it. Would y'all do me if they would stop blaming the devil? My father always said this. He said, don't give credit to the devil where he don't deserve the credit. I just... I, the devil made me do it. I, I shouldn't have gotten drunk. The devil had nothing to do with that. Now, let me take that back. He may have whispered in your ear. He may have suggested it to you. He may have even made sure you saw that road sign when you drove by. But he didn't make you drink. Amen. The devil didn't make you, you know, go to bed with that person that wasn't your spouse. I don't know how I ended up there. Driving down the road. All of a sudden, I wake up and I'm in bed with another woman. You can try that with your wife. I don't think it's going to work. I wouldn't even try it with my wife. I'd just run. I'm scared of her. Just being honest. We many times don't understand that when it says the works of the flesh, what does it imply? You've got to work at it. 
Stop working at the flesh and start living by the Spirit, the fruit of it and what it gives you in your life. We're not to live by the flesh, but by the Spirit. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. Remember, I told you, when you got saved, you became a part of a new kingdom. Amen? You're no longer just citizens of this earth. You're citizens of the kingdom of God. This is what he says. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in your life. Amen. There's, there's two parts that we talk about the Holy Spirit. One is when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in your life. And later on, there's also what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They can also come in your life in a greater work. But I, I want you to understand that as a believer, the Holy Spirit comes in your life and it wants to produce fruit. All you got to do is pluck it Oh. Love, mm, that's great. In fact, let, let me tell you what those nine are. The first one is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or, and self-control. The, the word love there is what the word you've heard me speak out many times is called agape. That means a selfless love. That means loving somebody more than yourself. That means ain't everything about you but you care about others. In fact, it says in 1 John 4, 7, Dear friends, let us love one another, for the love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God didn't just create God. God didn't think about love. The Bible says God actually, part of his ingredient, part of who makes him who he is, is actually love. So when some of you actually want to make God this bad, mean God that's trying to hurt people, that is not who God is. He is a loving and a gracious and a compassionate God because he is love. Isn't that great? So we're to love one another. I want you to do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. Y'all have actually been one of the best services today. At the other campus, the first service, I said, turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. About five people turned and said, I loved you. I said, guys, that's horrible. The sad part was some of their husbands and wives were beside them. I had one lady, I said, all right, let's try this again. Turn to your neighbor and tell me you love him. Her husband beside her, she goes, love you. Wouldn't look at him. Love you. I thought, y'all need some marriage counseling. <laughs> the first thing is we're to love. The second word is, is joy. It says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and trust in him. Now, you need to understand this word joy is not the word that we think when we think of like happiness. Just to be happy. I want to be happy. It's not what the word means. Actually, the word there, if it's translated, for us to understand, the word would actually be inner confidence. Well, Pastor, what does that mean? In other words, joy comes from you realizing God is in control. And God is in control. Why would I ever be sad or ever be depressed or ever be down? Because if God is in control, I have joy because I have inner confidence that God's going to work everything out. Everything's going to be good. If God's for me, who in this stinking world could ever be against me? That's joy. Man, I'm just happy. You know, that, that guy's just happy all the time. You know why? Because he trusts in God. He knows God's going to take care of it. God's going to bring me through. Here's another one, peace. 
Isaiah 26, 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The word peace here actually means rest or restful. That's what it means in the Greek. Why is that important? Because, let me give you an example. You remember when Jesus was on the boat with the disciples in the middle of a storm? They're all on top, scared to death, afraid that they're about to drown. Where's Jesus? He's below, underneath the boat. What's he doing? He's asleep. Now, I don't know if Jesus snored. I, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time believing it because I would think you'd have something wrong with you. I, I don't think Jesus snored, but listen, I snore and I'm close to Jesus. So I... You, My wife said, yeah, you lie. Why was Jesus not afraid? Why could Jesus rest in the belly of the boat when there's a storm happening on the seas? Because Jesus had inner confidence. Jesus had rest. He was confident of this, that one, he could calm the storm. Two, if, if he did drown, it didn't matter. He knew where he was going. I got rest in God. Listen, the fruit of the spirit that we've got to pluck in our life and apply to our life is starting to have rest and peace and saying, God, you can give me peace beyond understanding. I don't have to understand everything about the storm. I don't have to understand everything about the tragedy. I don't have to understand everything about the, 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 tr the, the difficult moments that are happening in my life. All I know is I have rest, that my God is going to take care of it. My God's going to work it out, and all things will be good for the glory. Amen, if I trust him. All right, let's come to the next one. I hate this word. I don't like it. Forbearance. Do, do any of us ever, what does the word forbearance mean? Patience. But do you ever say forbearance? I mean, do you? Kim, I, I'm just, I've been waiting for Kim to get here and she hadn't made it yet. I've just been forbearance for her. It makes no sense to me. Now, I, I am going to stop right here, okay? Don't ever pray for patience. God will never give you a little box with a bow of patience and say, here you go. You're going to go through something. You're going to have to face something. In other words, he'll give you patience through a lesson. My dad is a kid. My dad would never just pop you. If you got in trouble, he goes, son, go to your room. I'll be there in a second. I'm going to have to discipline you. You would hear my dad walking down the hall. Anybody ever do this? You can hear your dad pulling the belt out. It sounded like he had like 10,000, you know, buckles on his He would walk in the room and sit down on the bed beside me. Now, son, and he always first by saying this, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. No, it's not. Unless I get to whoop you after you whoop me, it ain't. And then he would start it in about a 25-minute lesson. And I'm by the end, I'm going, for the love of God, beat me. Just beat me, Dad, please. I just didn't have the patience. So if you want patience, don't pray for it. Just say, God, thank you for your patience. Thank you for it. Ephesians 4, 2 says it this way, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Can I tell you actually what this word patient translates to us today? How it translates? It actually means perfect timing. That's what patience means. You trust in God's perfect timing. 
God, I've been praying for this spouse for years and I still haven't got him. I'll never forget when I first met Lori. I'd been dating a lot. I was called to be a pastor and I'd been dating a lot. And either I'd find girls that were not going to be pastor's wives or find girls that didn't want to be pastor's wives that just weren't pretty enough. I'm just being honest, sorry. Don't get mad at me. And I'd finally say, my life, I'm not dating anymore. I'm done. I said, Lord, I've just decided that I'm just, I'm not going to date anymore. I'm just, maybe I just need to be a single preacher and that's what I'm going to do. I said, but Lord, you do know I like to kiss. So God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but that's okay. So God just, you know, and I, by that time, I wasn't dating anymore. I was done. And by that time, God sent me Laurie. It's like God knew now you're ready. Now it's not about you. You want someone that'll help you in the ministry. You want someone that'll be side beside you. The first time I met Laurie, man, I was, I was, woo, woo. Man, I was, I was in love. I mean, I was like, whoa. I still remember what she had on and everything. You know, I was in love. And, and we walked outside and we were talking. And, and finally I said, you know, what, what do you want to be in life? What do you feel God's calling? She says, I'm called to be a pastor's wife. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. She thought she had met the perfect man in her life. Patience is perfect. Who said that? Shut up. The word patience, the fruit of the Spirit, is perfect timing. God, I trust you. If I don't have it yet, it means it's not time. If I don't have it yet, it means I'm not ready. If I don't have it yet, there means there's a time in the future when the, when the stars will align, everything will fall into place. I shouldn't have used stars. That's not a good terminology. When everything will fall into place, and God, when it does, and that's when it needs to happen, and I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe in you. God has perfect timing. Kindness. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, and humility, gentleness, and patience. The word kindness there actually means being gentle to others. Can I tell you some of the meanest people in the world? Christians. Y'all can be some of the meanest people in the world. You can. You can be judgmental, hypocritical. Can I tell you that God has called us to love one another? We need to love everybody. Even those who aren't saved and don't know Jesus, we love them. But can I tell you something? Can, we, can, can you do me a favor? Can you stop being mean to other Christians? Had this happen to me last night. I got a phone call from a guy called to give me some good news, and I was very proud of him and, and, and what was happening in his life. And, and, and but, but, but I couldn't celebrate with him because in the conversation, he told me somebody, something that someone else had said about something that I'm a part of. A person has no idea what they're talking about. And said bull faced lies. And I couldn't celebrate with him because all I could do was say about this person. And then I started thinking, I'm calling that guy this week. He's getting a piece of my mind. I'm going to rip him apart, I'm going to punch him in the face. I didn't say that. I, did. I said I was going to punch him in the throat. <laughs> and I was going to call him right then. And my wife will tell you one thing about me. I don't have one issue with conflict at all. Conflict doesn't bother me. I will call you right away and talk to you about it. I don't have a problem with conflict. And I was going to make a phone call right then and just let him have it. And it's like the Lord began to talk to me and say, is that kind though? Are you doing that to bring resolution? Or are you doing that just to be right? And I decided not to call. We got to love each other and be kind to each other. Goodness, the word goodness there actually means to do good things. In other words, do the right thing. That's what goodness means. It's simple, isn't it? 
Do what the Bible says. Live according to God's word. Do good, be good, do the right thing. It also says faithfulness. The word faithful there means faith. In other words, live by your faith. Have faith. When it says faithfulness, it means be faithful in your faith. Gentleness. Be gentle with others. And here's the last one that we all love, self-control. We love self-control, don't we? So I share all this with you, and I know I normally do three points, so I'm going to do this real quick. Write them down. Number one is this. You ready? Fruit takes time to ripen. I've just given you the fruit of the Spirit. And can I tell you that it's not going to happen overnight? Can I tell you that the fruit of the Spirit will take time? Me and Laura recently bought some some bananas. We bought some real yellow bananas. Why? Because we're going to eat those that night or the next day. But then we bought some kind of green um, um, bananas. And we bought those because what we're going to do, put them in the window seal and let them ripen to eat later on. See, I want you to understand something. The fruit of the Spirit will not happen overnight. It will have to ripen in your life. Practice makes what? Some of you haven't been practicing the fruits of the Spirit in your life, and that's why they're not ripening in your life. You have to sometimes make yourself love others, make yourself be kind to others, be patient when it's hard. But the more you practice the fruit of the Spirit in your life, the more that it ripens in your life, and the stronger and greater it becomes in your life. After a while, it's not something you're having to work at. It's just something you are. Number two, fruit produces nourishment. Fruit is very good for you. I don't eat a lot of fruit. I eat nourishments like Hershey bars, Twinkies. I heard they're very good for you. Bring you a lot of nourishment. Tata chips, stuff like that. Beef jerky. Processed stuff. You know, the good stuff. I don't eat fruits like I should. But see, fruits, if you eat them right, they bring nourishment to your body. Just like fruit bring nourishment to your body, so the fruit of the Spirit brings nourishment to your spirit. The reason why you do them is it nourishes you. It blesses you. It makes you stronger in your spirit. And listen, remember I told you last week there's three parts of us. There's the soul, which is your being, which is your thoughts. Then there's the flesh, which is what connects you to the world. Then there's a the spirit, what connects you to God. What you feed is what becomes stronger. If I will let the fruits of the spirit feed my soul, it will connect my spirit to God. Here's the last one, and I'm going to let you guys go. Fruit reproduces itself. Fruit reproduces itself. See, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life is not just for you. The Holy Spirit in your life, if, if I open up an apple, what's inside of that apple? Seeds. And if I mean that apple, then I throw that apple on the ground, and those seeds fall into the ground that is, that is, is, is what? Healthy that is ready. If that seed falls, what's going to happen? It's going to grow a tree. It's going to reproduce. See, the fruit of the Spirit in your life is not just for you. It's for those around you. To nourish them. It's been a good week in the area that we've gotten good news about Charlie. She gets to go home today or tomorrow, and we're so excited about that. But if I can be honest, this week's going to be kind of a tough week. This is the last week before my daughter goes to college in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And if I can be honest with you, Daddy ain't doing good. 
I'm not. Mainly because without Avery there, there's no kids left. It's just me and Lori. I don't know if I like her that much. <laughs> Lori told me last night, she said, now that Avery's leaving, we got to go out and do a lot of stuff because I just don't know if I can stay home with you. That's what she said to me. It got me right here. But I'm, I'm really not doing good with it. I, it's one of those things that I've pushed out of my mind. Even though we're a week away, I've pushed it out of my mind because I don't want to think about it. And last night, my daughter Abigail sent a video of, uh, of Avery. Her small growing up and there's this little picture of Avery. It's kind of all of our favorites. I'm sitting on a couch. I'm face down looking at TV. And Avery's beside me on the couch with her hand on top of my head. And it's just the cutest thing. That feels like yesterday. It's hard to believe I got a girl starting college now. But I sat there and yesterday looked at my daughter. And thought to myself how proud I am of her. She loves Jesus. She's going to college because she wants to be in ministry. If I had my way, I wouldn't let her leave. I can't imagine her not being at home. But I'm so proud of her. I'm proud of all of my kids. A son that's in full-time ministry now. A daughter, Abigail, that wants to be a praise and worship leader. And another daughter that wants to work at a church in graphics and photography. There may be some things in this world that I haven't done right. But I think I've done right with my kids. And I believe that's because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is in my life that have fallen over into the lives of my children. And I hope they carry that seed wherever they go and it is planted in their life. I want you to stand with me. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to ask you a very important question this morning. Do you want the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of you? If you do, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I pray today that your Holy Spirit, the fruit of your Spirit, would well up inside of each man and woman that is here. Lord, let it produce. Let it be evident. Let those that are around them, Lord, receive the seeds of the Spirit in their life. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, that all nine of them, all nine of them, will be prevalent in their life today. Touch them, I pray. Be with them, I pray. As they receive the fruit of your Spirit, the blessing of our Lord. 
with every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question before I let you go. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know where I'm going, but I don't want to leave this world without knowing Jesus. It is so simple. All you got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God. Died on a cross for you and with your mouth confess the glory of your life he shall be saved. If you want to be saved today, I want you to raise your hand very high right now. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got four that are five that are raised their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the five that raise their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud. As there's five new names been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, five new names that are coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, amen? So say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you, to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give Him praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.